it's nature, but... <laughs> Episode 47 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And we're once again sitting on the couch in the living room, looking at the sliding glass door at all of our goats and our sheep. They're currently eating hay from the feeder, but a few minutes ago they were doing all kinds of cool stuff. All the jumping and stuff you you see on the YouTubes. and Where they kind of run sideways and jump and skip. The cute videos. And of course they always do it when I'm never out there to film it. So. Yeah, the camera's never ready. And then they're <laughs> always done by the time we pull the camera out. Yeah. So it's, it's like, difficult. Thanks. thanks, guys. Difficult to capture. So it's not just babies <laughs> that do the jumpies. It's all ages. So Yeah, the babies do it a little more. Yeah, well, they're lighter. Yeah. But it is funny to see Moon, who's our hefty boy, one of them, do his bouncing. <laughs> We've got the dogs with us. They have just started to settle. And, of course, Scotland wants to chew on something very loudly during the podcast. I took it from him. That's fun. So today's subject is actually planned ahead. This is one of the few times we, we actually have our subject figured out. We started talking about it last week, uh, but it ran the podcast over. It deserves its own episode. Yeah. We're going to talk about what happened to Beckon and just generally talk about the duck's reproductive system. Good time. So parental guidance suggested? Yeah, if you don't want to hear about how ducks make more ducks, then, I mean, we're going to, it's going to be medically graphic, but we're still going to be talking about the stuff. So, yeah. yeah discretion yeah that's the word discretion anyway this show is now rated pg-13 <laughs> <laughs> so the general idea uh behind i guess we we could start with what happened to beckon and then explain the whys and hows okay this was new year's eve new year's eve the most inappropriate time to have a medical emergency with any animal because you got New Year's Eve, which was also a Sunday, no yep. one's open, and then New Year's Day, no one's open. Right. So, yeah. So I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing something useful. I'd had some a block of time set aside. I think it involved our website or something. I was really starting to get a flow and, and get some things accomplished, and then I get a text from Kara that something is hanging from Beckon. Yeah. At first I thought... It was a piece of poo. It was really cold that day. So maybe something got frozen, stuck to him. I'm like, let me go help you out, dude. And nope. And it was not poo. Right. It 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 was his penis. <laughs> Ducks have an insanely weird set of equipment. In the males, it's kind of like a corkscrew. It's like a long, like a snake almost. And if it encounters any kind of trauma, it can swell up. And then it doesn't go back into his body because they keep it inside most of the time. It comes out when they mate. And we had to look it up on the internet. First of all, we picked him up and brought him inside. Yeah. Uh, it, it was covered in mud and stuff. And we didn't really know what we were dealing with. We'd been told a couple of things about this, but we even had a, a we're interviewing Sarah, Sarah yeah. about it and she had mentioned it, but we'd never dealt with it ourselves. So. Surprising the amount of ducks and males we have, but 
But here's the thing. He's a big old Pekin, and when I looked it up on the interwebs, sometimes that trauma can happen because they're trying to mate with a duck that's smaller than them. So basically, it swelled up from a, a banging up against something, and then it couldn't retract. So we brought him in and gave him a warm bath in the hopes that that would clean it off and the stuff didn't come off. Then we just kind of created an infirmary inside for him and kept him in the house and then started making phone calls. Like we, we have these, we've mentioned them before, these PVC uh, swimming pools. They're like 12 inches tall. And we have, some, we have some large ones we use outside for duck pools, but we also have some small ones that we use inside yeah. for baby ducks or for an emergency or something. It's just something we can use that can easily be cleaned. Yeah. And with a big old pecan you need to be able to clean up because they, they make a mess. Yes. So we got him in there. We couldn't find any place that could take him because not only are veterinarians hard to find on a holiday, but bird veterinarians are even more difficult to find because a lot of people think of birds as food. And if there's a problem that they don't know how to easily solve, they'll just eat the bird or that'll be the end of the bird. So it's hard to find vets that take care of them in that way. Yeah, there's probably literally a handful in the whole state of Maine, which is crazy to think about, to be honest. Um, they're not just, they don't classify ducks and chickens as birds. They're more poultry or livestock, which is a completely different game. I'm sure there's like small vets that do birds like parrots or parakeets or whatever the people have inside their house. But for a livestock animal, they're just like, no, try again. So Right. It's, it's just difficult to find them. And we have a vet, but they're an hour and a half away. Right. So we're trying to find something nearby, reasonably nearby. And if it was a dog or a cat, I could have got something, but it was, it was just really tough. And so... We go through Sunday, we go through Monday, and he's inside, he's in the warm, and the part of him that wasn't covered in mud and dirt and stuff, uh, or whatever it was, like a scabby material, the part of it that wasn't covered in that had swollen gone down and retracted, but of course he couldn't retract the rest of it. Looking back, I don't think we caught him, I think he had the problem since the night before. Yeah, I hadn't come out early enough that morning. I was out mid-morning. It's probably... I don't even remember what I was doing. But You would have spotted that. If I would have spotted it earlier. Yeah, if it had been the day before, she would have spotted it. So we think he was like that all night. And basically, um, stuff didn't come off. If, if you catch him soon enough, if you can clean it off and get him inside to a safe place where... He can like relax. Nothing's going to hit him. He's not going to run around and drag it everywhere. Then possibly the swelling can go down and he can retract it. Uh, there's also, well, like Sarah had mentioned, sewing it in. I think what happens is people, I was told by the vet that we did eventually find that I think you make an incision so that you make the hole bigger, you shove it all back in, you stitch it up, and then it stays inside the body until the swelling comes down. And that way he's not further hurting it as he runs around. You know, in our case, 
if we caught it soon enough and understood a little better, we maybe could have kept him inside for a while until he relaxes and heals up and stuff. But we didn't find it until it was probably too far gone. We couldn't get our vet. We finally got a, a response from our vet Tuesday, I think. I think. And was it Monday or Tuesday? You talked on Monday, but they couldn't see him until Wednesday. Wednesday, right. That's what it was. Uh, so our vet, an hour and a half away, Wednesday. Kept calling around, and I wound up talking to South Gorham Animal Hospital, or the Animal Hospital of South Gorham in uh, Gorham, Maine. Which and also an hour and a half away. <laughs> yeah, but to the south yeah. instead. But they would they were willing to see him as an emergency, and I took him in. And basically, it was a day trip. I went down there, and they saw him, and I brought him home that day. You know, and what had to be done was the part that was damaged, uh, he, the, the vet said that it had a blood supply, but it wasn't good. It said it's too far gone. And they, what they have to do is they have to trim it. So what they do is they, they trim the bad part off plus a couple inches of his penis and then seal it up and then give him some antibiotics and other stuff. And you just basically try to keep him as clean as you can uh, for a while until he recovers. And the, the weird thing is, he's actually going to continue to do all the stuff that ducks do. It's just nothing will be able to come out because the end of it is no longer the same. So he's still going to do things. He's still going to mate. Yeah. Which is crazy, but he's still going to, the hormonal drive is still going to be there and he's still going to be active, but he's no longer able to actually inject any sperm into the female. So we don't want more pecans anyway. We just want him to be healthy, and we we wind up having to give him this big horse pill yeah. every day of antibiotics, and those there were two different antibiotics, and we've had at least one of them before. Yeah, but we didn't know it came in liquid form. That would right. have been so much easier dealing with a duck. You tried giving a duck a pill. It's not it's not easy or fun to give a duck a pill. You can't wrap it in food like a dog or a cat, so... Right, you basically have to pick up the duck, hold it under your arm, and pinch the the sides of its of its bill to force the bill open, and then stick your fingers in the duck's mouth and put the pill past his tongue so he can't just spit it out. And then it goes down his throat. And it's very difficult to figure out how much force to use so that you don't hurt the duck. And it's very intimidating, and I finally got comfortable doing it. So now I, I'm the person who gives pills to ducks. So that's the general outline of what happened. But there are details that we can go through because there, there was a lot of concern we had, and, and a lot of it goes into who Beckon is and what his personality is like. Yeah. So to give you the background of Mr. Beckon, he is part of our dynamic six that we actually hatched ourselves he is the son of cove and mayo who are our original ducks pecans yep so unfortunately we had <laughs> you can hear the ducks in the background they're going to their rendezvous spot so that's another story we can share in this podcast of why they're doing that yeah, we've, um, we've talked about what ducks do when there are eagles around and they hide, 
But when there's no eagles around, they have a little circuit that they walk, and there's places that they go and things that they do. They got a schedule. Yeah. Well, they also. Well, we'll get there. Hold yeah, on. yeah. But so, dynamic six. So yeah, unfortunately, four out of those six were boys. So yeah. there was Beckon. There still is. They're all still good, but Beckon, Malin, Moreau. Beckon, Malin, Moreau. And Boston are the boys. And Boston's had a couple issues as well. So he had previously moved up front for our hotel ducks with issues. Yeah. Most of them go up front because of some leg injury or leg problem. Yeah. And then the girls were Doolin and Limerick. So, and Doolin was the one that was attacked by one of our roosters. So she is up front and has good days and bad days for other reasons. I don't know what it is. They just have a lot of issues, the Pekins. I do not advise getting them. Yeah. And as we've said before, they're they're bred to be meat birds, so they just get really big. And they're too big for the legs, so they really need easy terrain to walk on. Yeah. And after Beckon was injured, like, you know, it's one thing or another after with these Pekins. It, and it, Cove, the dad of most of them, was already limping, so... Because we have a lot of smaller ducks that are very agile and quick, and these big old clumsy Pekins are trying to keep up with them. So we just decided everybody goes up front. That's why, in previous episode, we mentioned that we put every all the Pekins up front. Yeah, now all 16 of them are up front. So... The problem is a couple of the boys, Cove and I believe Malin, have a couple girlfriends in the back here and they miss each other because they've only been up front for, it's been a little over a week, almost two weeks. It feels like forever. It does. Two weeks tomorrow, I believe. And, uh. They still miss each other, so they'll do a rendezvous. There's a little fence gate where they can see each other. It's like prison, yeah. only, it, you know. We've been making jokes not. about, like, put some money in my account. You know. <laughs> but the, the, the gate we have that separates our front yard from the back of the property, like on one side of the house we have the front where you park and where you come in the door where you say hello to us. On the other side of the house, we have a gate that just separates the front area and back area. Yeah. And that has an old fence that has a four inch by four inch grid on the fence instead of newer stuff. And we actually thought that we'd lost a duck because she wasn't a Pekin and she had... Yeah, one of our Welshies, Ula, who yeah. was up front because she had some issues, but then she was feeling better. Apparently, she wanted to be reunited with her sister and whoever else and she forced herself through the four inch by four inch grid well, there's because there's a hole underneath because oh, okay. it washed that's away that's right so so i need to repair that yeah. but there so basically there was enough space for a smaller duck to force through and we figured well if she's strong enough to do all that to and get back here then and technically our mallards can just walk through it i mean if they really Some of them to. do. Sutton does in the springtime when he wants to find a lady. He he loves mayo, so because yeah. they were they're all the originals. No, 
Sutton's a, a mallard and Mayo's a pecan, so he yeah. she's much larger than him. It's so he's, awkward. He's not going to have any issues <laughs> like Beckon did. But these these ducks are all kind of separated now, but they do have relationships. They have little cliques, and they do, they do have partners. They choose mating partners. I think it was, it's Colb's girlfriend, I believe, was Holly Furt, which is one of our black runners. I think it was... Must have been Malin or Moreau. I mean, they all look alike. Let's be honest; they're all big white ducks, right? Yeah. Although Kara can tell some of them apart. Most of them I can tell apart, but the brothers are really hard because they're similar personalities. Because they grew up in the back, and they're just like, "I'd rather be by myself. Don't want to deal with you." So they aren't as sociable as like Bray Bray or. Boston or someone. Well, Boston still is mad at us, but yeah. But I can tell Cove for sure because we've had him the longest. So it was funny. I've been telling my mom that during the summertime, the two runner girls, it's Hollyfurt and Great Nose, Hollyfurt and Delvin that had the boyfriends. And they would walk them to the chicken house because the girls would rather sleep in there at night during the summer than deal with the boys. So they would walk them to their door and then they would go to their own house. It's really quite cute. (laughs) And also we wouldn't let the boys in there. We were only letting those particular ducks in there at at that time. Yeah, they had their nests in there. Yeah, it was a temporary thing that we let them cohabitate with the chickens. But the, the, the reason we're telling you all this is to, not just to get you familiar with our ducks, but to let you know that ducks are social. They're and, very social. And Beckon is a very social guy. In fact, most of his suffering, I'm, I'm sure he was in pain well, that I'm whole sure time. He was in excruciating but a, pain. A but a lot of his pain was emotional because he was alone. Yes. And he really is freaked out by, like, we, we brought him inside. He's in a weird place. He doesn't have anybody else with him. The dog scared him for sure. Yeah. Now we've got, this is in the laundry room in the back of the house and we've got a baby gate so the dogs can't go in the room and they're not going to do anything to him, but they're all curious about him and they want to go sniff him and stuff and, and he's, it freaks him out. Yeah. So he, he wasn't happy. He was very depressed. He wasn't eating. And the first night we had him in there, he had exactly all the normal poos that you would expect from a big old duck and it was horrible and messy. And then the next day, it wasn't messy because he wasn't eating enough to keep things going. He basically emptied himself out. Yeah. And he he wasn't eating enough to be pooping enough. And ducks need to eat. You need to eat to survive. He right. ate his peas, and that was about it. And yeah, Kara, Kara, if you don't know, Kara gets <laughs> green peas. Frozen. They don't like the canned ones. We yeah. tried. So she gets those as treats for all the ducks. So he would eat those. And I think he ate some black oil sunflower seeds. Yeah, but a mainly, little bit, but he mostly Mainly it was them. the peas. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't eating his regular food. And Which we, has all the nutrients and stuff. Yeah. Now Kara has a stash of gluten-free bird food. And at first she thought it was that. So I tried to feed him some of his regular food. Didn't want that either. So, okay, that's not the variable that's the problem. So we go back to the gluten-free stuff. Yeah. And we basically kept him inside by himself 
safe until we could get him to the vet. And even when he was at the vet, uh, they told me that when he put when they put him in recovery, they had him in a kennel cage, and he was shivering and shaking. So they let him walk around the room on the floor, and he calmed down a little bit. So he's just sensitive to being in a weird place. Yeah, he. It seems like he doesn't like to be enclosed. He doesn't want to be in yeah. a small space because he's used to the big backyard. So and that the, makes sense. The vet told me at the end of it. He told me that. It was uh, whether we keep him inside to keep him clean or keep him outside for his own benefit, for his social benefit, is going to be a balancing act because he kind of needs a buddy. He needs to be with other ducks. But we couldn't tell who his bestie was. It was probably both his brothers because all three of them... Sorry, yeah, because Boston was already up front before. So the three, Malin, Moreau, and Beckin would always hang out together. They were all together, always. Yeah, so we, we basically put him, the first day outside, we put him in the house and locked him up in the house all day with one of the other ducks so he wouldn't be alone. And then after that, we just started letting him out in the front yard because it's a safe enough area. And he's been doing really well. And after a couple of days, he got strong enough to really fight me over the pill. And, you know, they're surprisingly strong. And, and that's part of why I worry like I don't want to use too much force when I'm manhandling him, uh, especially when he's showing some more strength. But it was good to see him resisting because it meant he was feeling yeah. more like himself. It meant he was eating to get that strength back. So Yeah, so he was, because I was told to make sure he was eating before we gave him the pills because it could upset his tummy. He needs to have food with him. Yeah. But uh, it all worked out okay, and he's doing all right. But, but if you ever have ducks, there's a, 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 like a non-zero percent chance that this could happen to you. I feel like we need to tell you generally how ducks produce themselves uh, so you understand. There's, there's kind of an arms race, like a genetic arms race that happened with ducks as they evolved. D ducks are all criminals, like all the male ducks. Yeah, they're terrible, terrible beings. They're all, they, if they were people, they'd all be in jail. Okay, it, it's like no question. And and so you have unwanted males mating with the females all the time. And so the the defense that has developed to that is the females have like a counterclockwise corkscrew shaped vagina. And it has dead ends in it. And if they kind of clench up a little bit, they can make an unwanted male go into a dead end. And basically, when he deposits his stuff, it's closer to the surface and it's not near the ovaries. Whereas when it's with the male that she likes, when it's with her chosen mate, with her boyfriend, she just relaxes and he gets all the way in there and, and he can get right up to the ovaries. So it's that's kind of how she controls like who her chicks are going to be from. And it's surprisingly effective. But the, the end result is that it's like this insane insane set of personal equipment on both of them that, that's just crazy and if you ever see a male with his thing out it's like what the hell is that yeah it's kind of <laughs> yeah it it's hard to explain when you're yeah. having events and people are like why is that duck on top of that duck are they fighting i'm like well kind of <laughs> they're kind of fighting they don't they have no boundaries and no like Oh wait, I don't want to do this in front of people. 
Yeah, they, they, they just care. go. They just go. It's nature, but. And so you also end up with, uh, you'll have females running away from like like we've talked about this before with other ducks, where one female will be the favorite, and all the males will be chasing her, and we'll oh, run yeah. the guys off. A lot of our runners, like our black runners, seem to be the favorites because they are adorable. They're adorable. So I have literally hit males with a garden hose. I like I like aim the garden hose at them. And, and I'll yell at them to get off because sometimes you can tell they're just they're just not into you, dude. So Yeah, she's running away from a reason, you criminal get you know, stop. Especially if they're bigger than her and she's just like, no. So you gotta sometimes intervene. I know other people are like, Don't do that, but you have to or else someone could get hurt. Now that she's mentioned that, we should go over some of the things that can happen when ducks get hurt. Because this, yeah. you need a male-female ratio at a certain level. You need more females than males. And when we were incubating, we kept getting dudes. And our male-female ratio was off. And that meant that females would get too much attention from males. Because what happens is they, they jump on her back and they use their bill. They pinch the back of her neck to hold her head down. Yeah, and it can be on land or in water. And if it's in water, it's even scarier because there have been incidences, knock on wood, not here, but I've heard ducks will drown drop ducks by holding their heads down, trying to mate. Yeah, because her head ends up under the water. So it's kind of, you know, something to look out for in the, the warmer season. And... After a female gets too much attention from the males, it means the feathers on the back of her neck get plucked. Yeah. Because violence among ducks involves plucking feathers. They're, they're, the way they fight, even if, if I'm picking up a duck to help him or, or whatever, and he's mad at me and he's trying to fight me, or, or when I was trying to relocate chicks and the mother was trying to fight me, uh, they, they... Ducklings. Uh, sorry, ducklings. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I keep yeah. calling them chicks, but they're That's ducklings. Right. You know, baby ducks. Baby ducks. The, the, when the mother attacks me, um, first of all, they're a lot more scary than you'd expect because they hiss and they're very aggressive. Oh, yeah. And for a moment, you forget that it's just a duck and she can't do anything to me because it's like, whoa, that's scary. Because they have no teeth. Right. They basically pinch your skin and they're trying to pluck the feathers off of you. And you don't have feathers, so they can't do much. But if a chicken pecks you, it... It's harder, but again, it's not like terrible. But it, I mean, the chicken's a yeah, little more vicious. You're, you're going to be more worried about a chicken peck than a, a duck bite. Yeah. Because ducks don't have that kind of jaw strength. The duck is more likely to do that if you if you're like if you're messing with her ducklings, she's going to come after you, right? And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have feathers that you can pluck, but other ducks do. So we've had females that got too much attention that looked pretty rough and we had to like separate them and put them somewhere else to get them away from the males to the point where we actually got a four by four enclosure, like a metal enclosure, the kind with a canvas roof on top. And instead of setting it up outside, I set it up inside the duck house and we call it the duck jail, even though it's not a jail, it's, it's for pr protective custody. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, like your timeout zone. Yeah, so we have a duck that, that is fighting or for whatever reason is getting harassed by other ducks. We'll put them in that area and sep that allows us to separate the ducks overnight without having to have another building. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. Or worry about finding a dead duck. So. Yeah. And and really, I'm I'm less worried about finding a, a dead duck in the morning than I am once the feathers are plucked and it's winter time. Now they they don't have proper defense from the cold. Oh yeah, we're like, does anybody make duck sweaters? I mean, they make saddle thing, that saddle things for chickens and stuff when a rooster's too rough, but they don't do them for ducks, which is crazy. I don't know why. Maybe because ducks are all different sizes. I don't know. But that that's a market. If someone's a good sewer, sewer seamstress, be. I don't know. I think you market right, you you get a good. But it would have to be waterproof because you're going to go in the water as soon as it can. Yeah. And another thing I've noticed with our... Little wetsuits. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I've noticed with our little ducks in the front are, well, not little, are big old, <laughs> big old pecans, the ones with the bad legs and stuff, they flap their wings a lot more. When a pecan wants to run up a hill or down a hill or, or go a lot faster, they'll start flapping their wings and they cannot fly, but they can reduce their weight. So they kind of end up running at a surprising pace while they're flapping their wings because they're just like cutting their body weight in half instead of it, it's it's like imagine like you're flying but you don't have enough power to get off the ground. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because the Carlo especially will use her wings since her feet aren't so great for balance and leverage to get herself up and to walk she uses her wings more like sort of like legs like extensions to her legs and then i noticed Dulan and mayo have a little bruising on their bills i always call them noses but technically they're bills i guess and i think it's because to get themselves hoisted up to walk they have to push with their with their with, with their, their bill. noses, bills to get up because they don't have the strength. Well, but, they got bad legs. Well, so, yeah, but so whereas a healthy pecan would flap like that and then run at a surprising pace, these pecans are using their wings to just move normally to to get across the yard, and they're in an environment that's very easy to to handle. So there's no hills, there's no crazy stuff. And one of my goals this summer is to flatten that whole area to remove rocks and anything else that's up front and make sure that up front is as smooth and manicured as possible so that they can basically go in any direction they want and have easy terrain. And some of you are probably like, wow, you just put it out of its misery. But it, it's they're not miserable. They're living a good life. They're still eating. They're enjoying their treats during snack time and then dinner time. Yeah. They just can't move that well is all. They don't have to go very far. They don't have to do anything they don't want to do. And they're living the best life that they can and why not, right? I mean. But I'll admit it is strange to see all the other Pekins up front who are still healthy and haven't injured themselves yet. And they're just walking all over the place. Yeah. As a group because they're still in a clique. Yeah, we have the newer eight ducks who hang out together and the older eight ducks who don't. And it used to be the same way. Oakley, who was, uh, 
Oakley is an interesting story. I don't know if we ever really fully developed his story, but he went up front because we noticed he is having some neurological issues. He'd move his head all weird. Yeah. We mentioned that he did like the Ray Charles thing or Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah, Stevie Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Yeah, so... But he would also go around the back to see his siblings because he was born with a couple other ducks, not the same breeds. They were all mixed. They were born from the chickens, I believe. I think the chickens were the ones that not literally <laughs> from incubated the chickens. them. Right. We had some chickens <laughs> that were getting broody, and Kara put duck eggs underneath them. Yeah. And so that she could, she incubated some duck eggs by placing them under some chickens that were on the nest anyway. And it worked for a few ducks. So the chickens hatched them, but then we brought them inside because we felt like they wouldn't be able to raise them as well as we could. We actually had one that was rejected by the chicken when she realized it wasn't a baby chicken. Yeah, she killed it. No, there was one that she, we thought was dead. And then you had me go. No, no, that was. That was... Who was that? That was Logan. That was Logan, because I went out there and you told me to... the duck. You told me to clean it up, and I went out there, and then it moved, and it turned out to be okay. Yeah, that was from the sister wives of Nas and Delvin. Right, and and that turned out to be... It just got rejected. Yeah. Um, We're not sure why, because... Maybe because he's a boy. I don't know. No, I don't know. Because they were both boys that end up. So our sister wives, Nas and Delvin. Nas is a Welsh Harlequin. Delvin is a black Indian runner. And they shared a nest for some reason. They shared a nest. That's why we call them sister wives. Which is the weirdest thing. And then one, one duck hatched who was Wren. Renton. And... So they both would go out with him. We now know it's a him. They would both supervise and hang out. And then one of them would go back and sit on the eggs. And they'd take turns. Yeah, it was really weird, but we wanted to see where it went. (laughs) And then the other egg hatched. And I thought it was a goner because it was a little ducky was just laying to the side and I don't know who was on the nest at the time but it wasn't happening so I I can't deal with dead things so right and it wasn't so she was very happy to find out that the duck was okay and we just brought him inside and Logan was the best I'm sure if you follow us he was our inside duck for a long time grew up he stayed in he did office time when Brian was working or when I was working. That's, we had a big plastic yeah. uh, tote that was transparent. And <laughs> we just would leave the top off so it was open on the top. And he would hang out in there so we could keep an eye on him until he got too big for all that. And then we brought him outside and he'd follow me around for most of the time. And then he became a teenager. Yep. Eventually... At first, a duckling will follow the mother everywhere, and then you can actually watch the independence happen 
where it's the saddest part. Yeah, the, the mother will <laughs> quack at them to come on, let's go, and then they'll become less and less obedient until they eventually go off on their own. But it's kind of like they're just leaving her and saying, you know, I don't, I'm not going where you tell me. And I'm a big boy now. Yeah, I can do what I want. You know, so <sighs> it's it's really something when you see a, a a duck with a bunch of ducklings that are all dispersing. Yeah, because and she gets so mad. That was our Delphi. Yeah. So we had a female mallard at one time. And... <sighs> yeah, we we ended up we losing her to a, a predator, but. She had hatched. We, we let her sit on a nest, and she hatched every egg. And it was just like, wow, that's a yeah. bit much. I think 16, I believe. I thought it was 14, but close enough. It, it was a lot. It, it was a lot of little duckies. We've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. We don't there have a lot any of more of the girls, but we still have most of the boys. So That was before I learned to trim the wings. And the mallards would all go off somewhere and we didn't have any control over it and i I was everything that we do now every skill that we have is something that we were afraid to do before and the first time we try it we're all we're like there's no way i can do this and then we do it and we realize oh that's not that big a deal like trimming a duck's wings not a big deal uh but but at the time, I was I was worried I would do it wrong. You know, it's just a few things you have to know about it. If you ever trim a duck's wings, I'll give yet another lesson on this. Some people on the internet will have you just trim the wings right up close to their their the flesh, and leave the flight wings so that when they tuck their wings up, they look normal. And that's crazy. Don't do that. Ducks are like helicopters. Okay, they flap really hard. They use a lot of energy to stay in the air, and if you reduce their wingspan enough, they, they become basically chickens. So you just hold the duck, you spread its wing out, and you get some scissors, and you trim the, the long flight wings on the end of the wing. You well, just... I don't suggest just any scissors. We've been using the shears we use for, like, goat hooves or something you want really sharp that will be quick. Yeah, yeah. You want it sharp so it's not, like... It's like cutting paper. So you, but you definitely want, like, if you do use scissors, they need to be good scissors, fresh scissors. If they're dull, it's bad news. And I would suggest cleaning them or sanitizing them or something. Yeah. But the snips that we use for, for the goat feet is. We have separate. Okay. We have several pair of those. We have some for the goats. We have one for the ducks and one for the sheep. So it's not the same pair for all. This is like, this is not surgery. This is like a haircut. Okay, the, the first thing you do when you when you open up the duck's wing, look at the quills on the feathers. They should be clear. They should be empty. If, if they're dark, if they have a blood supply in the quill, do not touch them. Because if you cut that feather while it's got a blood supply, there's no way for the duck to seal that feather up. You'll have to pluck that feather to stop the bleeding. So you don't want to cut a whole bunch of feathers that have a blood supply. So just open it up, look at the wing, look at the feathers, and if the quills are empty, if they're clear, then okay, you know, it's all good. And you just trim it like, it's like a haircut. It's, it's all protein. It's doesn't hurt the duck at all. And you, you trim along the line of the rest of the feathers so that the flight wings, the flight feathers become the same length as the other feathers. And that's cut down on their wingspan enough that they just do these pathetic chicken jumps instead of flying away. 
And it's all good, and they still have plenty of feathers to keep themselves warm and protect themselves. So it's all good. Oh, so you might be wondering, why did we need to go see a vet? Why couldn't we just... Going back to Beckon, sorry. Why didn't we just do it ourselves? We get some internet advice, etc., etc. So if an infection were to have happened, it will kill the duck yeah because it happens really fast so that's why you need to act fast when these things happen if we had tried to trim it ourselves first of all there's no anesthetic for that or just leave it and see what happens then if we left it it would have gotten worse and worse and worse it would have been it would have been infection there's a lot of paths to infection here Um, if we were to trim it ourselves we don't know really how to sew the end of it up. And We're he's, not medical experts. Right. He's going to be fighting us, and it's going to retract back inside of his body. And if he bleeds inside there, that's more avenues for infection. We just It's a professional skill to be able to do that. And maybe there are homesteaders who are skilled enough to do that, but we are not those people. So for us, we need a vet. If and, you have experience, sure, you can try it. But, but you need to know we, what you're doing. We don't. So like when, when Sarah was talking about dealing with ducks, she was being trained by her grandmother who was extremely knowledgeable about this stuff. Yeah. So she had an expert uh, to, to help her do things. And we had, we had emailed Sarah and she said, well, these are the things you might have to do. But it was still like... I'm not comfortable doing that. Right. We're not, so. we're not vets. <laughs> we're nowhere near the skill level needed. So... The end result is he wound up getting the appropriate amount of anesthetic and drugs so that he could do the surgery, and then he wound up okay. And and it's very difficult to give the proper amount of anesthetic to a bird. Birds are very sensitive to drugs. Yes. So it's it's tough to to get all that correct. So you do need a duck vet, you like a bird vet. Yeah. And all of our ducks. I know you think we're crazy, but there are pets in our family, so it's. Yeah. It's, I know. It's a weird They don't think thing. I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, you're married to me, so probably they do. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> you're putting up with this, so. But it's it's insane that ducks are built that way. Uh, this is a problem we've never had before, and we suspect it's just because they're so large and the other ducks are so small. We have a lot more ducks now than we used to, and a lot more small breeds. Yeah. And just the fact that we brought the the primary reason for bringing the others up is we were talking about the Pekins running along behind the smaller ducks and chasing them over rocks and things. And it's just bad terrain for these animals that are kind of clumsy and, and too big for their own legs. It's a concern. It is. And we still got some big ducks in the back, but they're mixes, like... Millport is a Pekin runner mix, we believe, but he's proportioned a little better. Yeah, and he Mixes seems okay. Like like dogs, you know how a full bred pug, purebred—that's the word. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> purebred pug, say, or a German Shepherd would have. All these genetic issues. But if you mix them with something else, like how we have 
puggles, so they're mixed with beagles, so their noses are a bit more prominent and they can breathe better. Even even an Aberdeen who has a little scrunchy face, but it's not as bad as a regular pug. Right, her nose, Aberdeen has the appearance of a pug. If you looked at her, you'd think she's a pug. But if you sat her next to another pug, you'd see that her nose is further out of her face. Right. And she, so her breathing is much better than a, a purebred pug. And German Shepherds are notorious for their hip issues and stuff. So if you mix it with another, then you probably will not deal with those hip issues. So yeah. you can't ever show these birds, cause, which doesn't make sense to me, because Millport is the most gorgeous duck I've ever seen. Is he I the one that honest. looks like he's wearing a tuxedo? He's one of them, but he's okay. like really big, black. He's got a little white on his neck area and then if the sun's just right you see all the blues and greens and his feathers he's gorgeous so it, i don't know why mixed breeds aren't allowed and it's the same as dog competitions or oh yeah, yeah. are but, there cat competitions i don't even I know don't know but i wouldn't probably. be surprised <laughs> but sarah described all those you can look back at our previous episode yeah uh, it, sarah described Showing chickens and ducks are probably the same wherever oh, yeah. they show ducks, but it's it's uh what was I gonna say? I don't know. That's a problem. It's always a problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> our our ducks are pets, so we're gonna protect them as much as we can, and we're looking for ways to make them safer. Like in the back, we've got all this compost from the animal bedding, from the goat house and the duck house and all that stuff. We've got three compost piles, and they are composting quite well. And when I turn them with the tractor, they steam gloriously. <laughs> and I've started to use the good compost as fill dirt because we it's hard to get fill dirt, and we're using what we have on the farm. And I'm basically going to probably at some point, maybe I'll get some topsoil and throw it on the top. But as this stuff is decomposing, I'm going to see if I can use it and grow grass in it after it's properly decomposed and completely became compost. But I've also used it to fill in spaces. Like we've, we've put it in a few places where there's holes or dips and it eventually compacts down and becomes almost like regular ground, you know, over time. And I, right by the duck house, there's all these rocks and then a sharp drop where you wouldn't walk down there. You'd climb down. And I've been putting compost there. And now it's a place where you can just walk down and the ducks aren't going to like jump over those rocks anymore. So it's kind of smoothing out the terrain as we go. And this is a project that's going to last a good while. I'm not going to have it finished anytime really soon. But in the end, I hope to have a much smoother area back there and grass growing over all of it. Yeah. If I can ever get the tractor back there again, because we've had so much rain and mud. Oh my gosh. And guess what? This winter, being fake winter, like we discussed last week, <laughs> I it's, it hasn't gotten cold enough to shut down the ducks' reproductive systems completely. So normally, ducks will only mate in springtime. But because this winter has been crazy and there's been super warm days, they're kind of out of sync with Mother Nature. So 
they've been mating all season, mm. all winter, and the chickens are still molting. Now our golden comets are starting to molt. So it's like, come on. It's such a problem. <laughs> Yeah. And we, we're afraid that the weather's going to drop and... Oh, it's going to drop this Again, week, and so. animals aren't going to be able to defend themselves, you know. And that led us to last week when Kara had me put the ducks back inside their house in the back because they were having a hard time with the cold. And I was, I, I was skeptical of that because they're ducks, for crying out loud. But they haven't acclimated either. Nobody is acclimated for winter. And even the ducks are having a hard time with the temperature swings. Yeah. So they maybe they didn't molt when they should have, or they molted wrong. I don't I don't know what happened. But I don't the, even know if they molted to be honest, because normally if a duck molts, there's like feathers everywhere. And I haven't had to trim the mallards lately. Yeah. So maybe they didn't even molt. The chickens are definitely because there's always chicken feathers everywhere in their house, but the ducks may have not molted yet, which. Yeah, I I really should be twice a year really watching those mallards to see if they're getting their new feathers because you can't like i said you cannot trim them while they have a blood supply you have to wait for the feathers to completely grow in and then shut down like the feathers complete and the quill is empty and then between that time and when the duck realizes it can fly again that's your that's your window to trim them so or if you realize oh wait that guy's flying. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll see a guy fly across the yard like low, just a little bit, like a like much more than a jump. Just testing it, you know. Because those muscles aren't as strong as they were when he was flying all the time. So he's like, oh, wait, can I still do this? And it's like, well, I don't know. Can you and go catch him that evening when you put him all in the house? Mm-hmm. Look at his wing and see if it's ready to tram. <laughs> and, and again, this is something you'll be intimidated by until you do it the first time. Just... The safety check is the most important thing, making sure there's no blood supply in the feathers and does not hurt the duck, like a haircut. Yeah. But, I have to say, we still don't have enough girls versus boys. I mean... Now we're ordering ducks. We're not incubating nearly as much. Yeah. We've tried uh, to at least even it out, but we still got more boys. Like, everyone's asking how many boys versus girls. And to be honest... I still, if I went through the names, I could tell you, but like right off the top of my head, we have 49 ducks, and I'm pretty sure, I know we have, uh... We'd be doing well to to have better half. than a 50-50. Yeah, but it's definitely not half. We definitely have more boys than girls, which you don't really want, but luckily for us, our males aren't too bad. Uh, a couple of them are. the So the weird part is, this is weird, I think, but that our mallard boys, because all our mallards are boys, will not mate with any of the ducks. Because they're not the right type, maybe? Maybe mallards only mate with mallards? I'm not... Except Sutton. Sutton's the... He is... What would they call that? The exception to the rule? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was raised with Cove and Mayo. So. Yeah, so he's more open to other types of ducks. But our other mallard boys will not mate with anyone else. Except ferns. Ferns is different. 
Um, Ferns was raised the only mallard in a large <laughs> group of other ducks. Yeah. He was one of the ones that we hashed as well. He grew up with the dynamic six, actually. He was born right after them, and we tried to integrate them, but our dynamic six were afraid of him. Go because figure. He, was, <laughs> he was... He was a little older. No. No younger? He was younger. Oh, wait, was he? No, I think he was a little older because they started out smaller than him, and then they quickly got bigger than him. No. He came in... I think a couple of days after that oh, we had right. them. Yeah, yeah. And then we tried to do bath time with all of them. And the Dynamic Six went in one corner and Ferns was just swimming around like the boss. Yeah. So Because he wasn't, we were trying to make him part of the group, but we, he wasn't. But we didn't want to put him with them because they were so much bigger than him. At the time, we did not know he was a boy. But... If we had put Ferns with that group, he could have gotten trampled. So Ferns was in his own little area in the laundry room, and the Dynamic Six were in their space. But they could hear each other, and then we'd co-mingle each other when they went outside Supervised. and stuff. Yeah. Editor's note, we now remember what happened with Ferns. He wound up with the Baker's Dozen. Yeah, because I had ordered... A bunch of females right after we hatched a bunch. I had ordered them previous because we knew we'd need females no matter what. So and that was 12. That was 12, and that's why they're called the Baker's Dozen because ferns equals 13, which is a Baker's Dozen. It's like an extra thing bakers do as a gratitude type thing. But Yeah, you make like one extra bagel so you can taste it or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Ferns, that's where I was getting confused because Ferns was a little older than the, the new dozen and he was bigger than them for like a hot second before they grew. Yeah, but now he's with them always because, I mean... Yeah, he grew up with them. He was the yeah. only mallard that would be hanging out with other ducks and all the other mallards would be together. Yeah. So that's what happened with Ferns. And he's still adorable. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the show. And then Ferns wound up with the greater population, and he just wound up hanging out with all kind of other ducks instead of mallards. He was the one mallard that wasn't in the clique with the other mallards. So you can always tell Ferns apart. And he is less shy than the other mallard boys, because the other mallard boys grew up with their mom, Delphi, and didn't want any part of human interaction. Yeah. Like, they've gotten used to me, because I'm always around them and yelling at them, because they will fight each other. But... Not like brutal, just, hey, dude, get away type of thing. Yeah, all of our animals are mercifully gentle. We, we've gotten yeah. really lucky. We, that we don't have any real problems. I mean, th there were with those roosters that we hatched, but that's in the past. But the, the ones in the back are mostly solid, agile, smaller ducks. And the only concern we have with them is that we don't think they've acclimated to winter properly. Other than that, they're all good. In the front, we have a series of logistical problems. Oh, we, my gosh. Kara decided to get some some rubber mats, the kind you use in a kitchen, that have the holes in them. They're like a bunch of circle holes. Yeah, they're them. like the industrial mats you put down so water can seep through. Right. And, and you're walking around on them, but they don't... You're basically walking on the, the rubber and the water 
that gets spilled in the kitchen, in an industrial kitchen, is on the floor underneath the mat. Yeah. And she put those out there for them because they would splash in their little three-gallon rubber tubs. And then it would and, be icy everywhere. Yeah, it makes a skating rink around that. So she put that there so they could actually walk up to the tub safely. And now those things have pretty much been encased in ice. And they're still a good idea. They still help. But they're, they're encased in ice and we can't move them now. Well, I think the mats can be moved. It's the areas outside of those mats are the problem. Yeah, those are very icy. I'll see if I can pull one up. I'd be surprised if it... I mean, uh, I could probably fight it and do it. I think they'll be okay. All right. Because the ice in front is right near the gate. We were... The ducks come out of the hotel from the duck door and they hang out between the hotel, their duck house, and our gate that goes into that part of the yard. Well, that wasn't part of the problem. The most problem... That's where the ice forms. Yeah, because of all the rain. Yeah. And it's the flattest spot on our property. So there's nowhere for that rain to go except to stay there. So right. when it freezes, it is ice. So we have a combination of the ice rink that happens around each tub, which we mitigated with the mats, but also that entire area is a skating rink. So like normally for the back, I'm we use the down hay that the goats waste and put that around. The stuff that hits the ground yeah. around the feeder, we'll spread that around and yeah. But because we want grass up front for the dogs, uh, we can't really do that. Or we'd use shavings. Like I did a little bit here and there, but... We don't want to interfere with the grass growing back. That's yeah. the problem. So now we've got an ice problem near the gate. And we don't want to make that worse by having all their tubs and their water sources anywhere near the gate. Because it's bad enough. So we're going to move them to another part of the front. Like, I mean, not move them, but... Basically, we're going to put all their water in a different spot that we hope we is gotta, better. we got to, like, circulate it. We can't keep it in one spot, basically. Yeah. got to rotate it. Especially with the ducks with the bad issues, like Bray Bray. I had to save him because he couldn't get up earlier. And then I fell, even. And I'm hurting. Every so time I, I leave the house. I can't even imagine how they're feeling. <laughs> Kara doesn't even weigh much, but she doesn't have good reflexes for falling. Mm. Because she's normally not a clumsy person that falls all the time, like me. Although I fell twice this week because... Ice. No. The one time was because I was trying to spray the head of Liam. He, like, headbutted or scratched his head on something and was bleeding badly. So we used this blue coat and I was trying to spray him, which he... Liam, or not Liam, sorry... Owen, it's Owen who I was trying to get. Did I say that in the beginning? I don't know. No, you said Liam, but it's all right. Don't I'm worry. sorry. Okay. We're talking about Owen. So they're the triplets, right? So Liam, Killian, and Owen. Owen is the least friendly of the whole bunch, sadly. He's it took him a while before he'd let me pet him. Yeah. So sometimes they'll headbutt each other and they'll start bleeding because some of them have these scurs we talked about before. They have like a little nub of a horn yeah that's kind of sharp but no one else had blood on them so i believe he hit his head on something else that caused a little abrasion 
so I needed to get it cleaned up and antiseptic'd. So I was trying disinfected. to disinfected. Yeah, disinfected. Yeah. So I was trying to blue coat him as the spray stuff that is like the miracle worker for all the animals. Blue coat is amazing because <laughs> the, the where that comes from is chickens will if they see red they'll kind of peck at it. So if a chicken gets blood on her, then the other chickens will peck at that blood. So you yeah. you for some reason having the red crown on their head doesn't cause problems, but yeah, it's weird. But the blood will. So blue coat is a spray antiseptic with a dye in it, like a blue dye. And it turns the bloody area blue or purple. They also make a silver one, but that's harder to find. But blue coat is on Chewy. It's in Tractor Supply. You can get it anywhere. I'll put it in the description. But it's wonderful stuff. And also... And it works on all the animals. Dogs, chickens, ducks, goats, sheep. And if you have a... A house full of Pekins that are all white and all look the same, and one of them is injured, and, oh, yeah. he, and he needs a pill, but nobody else does. What you can do is you can hold that duck while your wife sprays his back with blue coat, and now you've basically spray-painted that guy with a totally safe substance. It's a disinfectant, right? Yeah. And that, that dye is meant to go onto bird feathers, so it's completely safe, and now he has a blue dot on his right wing. <laughs> so I can always find out where he's at to give him his pill. Talking about back end, of course. Back end, we're back to back end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so to deal with Owen, I was trying to straddle him. And he's not that big of a goat. He's shorter, and but he's, he's spry. And he got angry and he made, it was slippery outside. It was muddy at the time. It was a couple days ago. It was mud and I fell over. Onto my back. So, yeah. And then all the goats are like, oh, we're doing this? Yeah. So, not fun. And then I slipped again on the ice onto my elbow and my bad hand and my hip. So, she my, hasn't learned. I'm like, hurting. <laughs> I, I guess I've just fallen down enough times in my life that when I fall, I tuck my elbows in and I, I kind of ball. I try not I to ball fall. up. That's how I work my I, life. Yeah. Like that's the argument that you make. Like I tell her, tuck your arm in when you fall. She's like, I don't have those reflexes. And it's like, but, and I thought, well, I do. And it's like, well, that's because I fall a lot. So I've gained uh, muscle memory to react to falling down. But a lot of times in New England, if you slip on ice and you're wearing a big puffy coat, uh, the thing you do is you turtle up, right? You pull your elbows and hands in. You scrunch your shoulders up and you let the hood of your giant puffy winter coat act as a cushion and you just go ahead and fall on your back and your your cushiony coat will help you and it won't be as bad. The, the times when you get really hurt is when you stick your hands out to catch yourself. Yeah, you know? but that's instinct. It is. I mean, it is instinct. And I've, instinct. I've fallen down enough times that I now have mm -hmm. a muscle memory of turtling up and successfully and... <laughs> She has a hard time. She has a hard time doing that. So if she falls, it's a little worse. And I'm also better with the goats because it's what I call goat foo. It's like <laughs> walking through them when they're being rambunctious and dealing with their behavior and everything. I'd say a small portion of that is understanding the goat's behavior, which she and I can both do equally. But a larger portion of goat foo is weighing almost 200 pounds. Uh, so that when they push, I'm just 
heavier than she is and I don't move as much as she does and I can plant my feet and stay whereas she gets lifted off the ground by the crowd. <laughs> yeah, because if Belfast or Cashel jump on me and now Ashford's learning, he's one of our newer babies, although he's almost a year old, but he's still a baby. I still consider him a baby. If they get up on their hind legs and, and, and put their... Push you. He, yeah. Ashford's not that big, but Belfast and Cashel. I mean, Belfast. And they're not huge, trying to be mean. They're no, being friendly. They're just eager and either want treats or are excited to see you. And it, it can be a bit much, especially if children come. So, so we, we're trying to like but discourage that. Teach? Well, you just, just, well, again, we have to be Maybe. more proactive yeah. with the training, but goats are a little harder to train. But the main like time you need this manners. skill is it, when you're bringing treats into their house or food or something, and they're all swarming around you because they want that food. That's when it's really a problem. Yeah. And I do better in that mostly because of just body mass. And I think I mentioned last, Hamilton has started doing that, one of our sheets. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but to take it back to ducks. Ducks. The yeah. opposite is true with the ducks. They will not jump on you. Kara, no, besides that, <laughs> Kara can move through the ducks a lot easier than I can because I'm larger than her and I've got big feet. So I've got big boots. So um, I've got to be very careful where I put my feet. Now, the ducks are more afraid of me than they are of Kara, so when I walk into the duck house in the back, they all move to the other side. So I just have to be slow and careful when I move so that they don't knock over their water bowls or anything like that. Oh, in yeah. The, in the front, everywhere. in the hotel where we have ducks that are kind of disabled, I have to be extremely careful how I walk. If, if it's early morning and it's dark and I'm trying to clean their house with them in it, I have to be very careful where I put my feet. Whereas if Kara's back there... She has smaller feet, and it's a lot easier for her to harmlessly move among them. Yeah. Although I've heard horror stories of people falling and landing on a duck or a chicken. That would be really, really bad. I couldn't even imagine. That would be like, uh, I couldn't, no. So, always be careful where you step, and if you fall, fall away. If you can, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if you can, but obviously I did not fall on any... No ducks were harmed in my fall, luckily. Yeah. And I would have made sure I would have... I mean, you can... I've ice skated. I was trying to... Not that I was going to be professional or anything, but I took lessons. I was a little too old. My mom didn't want to pay for... Uh, long story. But anyway. So, I mean, you learn to fall in ice skating. Like, to take the fall. You don't learn to fall. Like, he has learned to fall. But you learn how to... Take the fall. That's the same kind of thing. You're making but, it sound like I was taught how this is how you lose your balance. No. no you but, want to go sideways <laughs> unexpectedly. Well, unless you watch the Mighty Ducks and then it's like, then they taught them how to fall where it's like technically yeah, you, not legal. But you, you want know, to, when but, you, when you, but slip when you and, have a hand injury, you don't expect to ever fall you do everything in your power not to because your instinct is to put your hand out your dominant hand and unfortunately my right hand is my dominant hand even though i don't write with it it's just weird but 
Well, no, it's like when you're left-handed in a right-handed world, you end up doing certain things right-handed because that's how all the, all the things. Yeah, that's how all the equipment <laughs> is set up everywhere you go. Yeah. So she would write with her left hand, but other tasks, like strong tasks and stuff, was her right hand. And in kitchens and stuff, the way she sliced, the way she did all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I still use my right hand to slice, even though I... Yeah, so that was her strong, but... like, dominant strength hand. And yeah. she'll put it out to try to catch herself. It's like, you, you got to learn how to tuck in and take it on the shoulder as you get down. I, I guess we, we should close up because we're past an hour. Yeah. And even after I edit this, it's still going to be just over an hour. So. <laughs> Sorry, it was a lot of useful information, I hope. I think, I think it was. I hope. The moral of the story is when you have ducks, you should do a lot of research if you can. And you should try to, if you're thinking about getting ducks, I would start searching around in your area for a, a, a veterinary place, or a veterinary hospital that has a bird veterinarian, a duck veterinarian. Yeah, not just a bird. You gotta make sure they do livestock ducks, poultry, yeah, poultry, livestock birds, because there lot, is there is a difference. There's a lot of a, people don't think of them as birds that you take to the vet. It's not common. A lot of people think of them just as food animals, and as I said earlier, that you become dinner if you have some kind of problem. And we're saving everybody, and our birds are probably never gonna become dinner. And if they do, it's gonna be. Like we've talked about this in the past, of uh, they eventually go from natural causes. We may, you know, preserve them, maybe, or make dog food out of them or something. Or the. When I, I don't mean preserve them, that's not a. I, I meant make food <laughs> out of them. We won't. We're not going to stuff them. Right, stuff them. So here's the thing. There's this lady, I. Uh, I don't know if it's on Facebook or Instagram or something, but. I don't know if she's in Maine or she owns a farm. Her ideal thing is when an animal passes, she gets them cremated. And then eventually when her and her husband pass, they will also be cremated and somebody will scatter all the ashes on their property. And I told him, I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And it's something I'd like to do. But a lot of people will not cremate livestock. So, what do you do? We got to find that out. We'll get back to you on that one. Do I have to build a giant pizza oven oh somewhere gosh. on the property? Would, you may have to because you may have to. <laughs> Are you I mean, serious about I mean, this? Yes, because, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Does, why wouldn't you want to? Because then you can all be together forever. That, that would that not is... be an oven. That would be a kiln. That's a whole other oh. thing. But that's enough for this week. <laughs> Sorry to... And on that if you, note, <laughs> if you like um, if you like novels by H.P. Lovecraft, then by all means go ahead and Google the reproductive system of ducks. <laughs> it's a horror story, but if you have them, you're going to have to take care of them. Get a duck vet. Make sure you know where one is. Yes. Find out when Hopefully they're not an hour and a half away. Find out when they're at the place because it's probably not going to be every day. They're going to have somebody that does it sometimes or whatever. It depends on where you live, and. Be advised that you might have to do some medical stuff of some level on your own. Yeah. I mean... But remember your limitations and always defer to experts. Exactly. And don't use that vet, askavet.com or whatever it is. Don't use any yes. .com for medical stuff. Yeah, no. It's always bad. <laughs> don't pay someone before you get medical advice. That's just silly. So... Yeah. 
it's like that old saying, Dr. Google gives you cancer. <laughs> like if you look up your own medical problems on Google, you'll end up like it'll say you have cancer. Yeah. Like just don't take medical advice from the internet. I mean, you can you can look up reputable sources and read about things and get ideas, but at the end of the day, you you want to talk to an expert like Or a, Facebook cuz oh. don't take yeah. Facebook has a reputation, but we're actually members of Facebook groups with local farmers in the group. Yeah. So we're talking to people that live in our area that are down the road and we know who they are. They're not just random people from the internet. But I am part of some of those groups and there's some nasty people out there. So don't take their advice. Just everyone has their own opinion. Just ask an expert. Go to your professional. Yeah. Cultivate some community and find some people you can trust. And that way, when you do have ducks or whatever animals you have, you can be a little more comfortable knowing that if something goes wrong, you can take care of them. Because it will go wrong on a weekend. It will go wrong on a holiday. Mm-hmm. And Every time. You need to be able to <laughs> handle those situations. Yeah. All right. So we'll come back next week and we'll talk about more cool stuff. Or maybe, not cool stuff. Maybe we'll even have a topic figured out when we start like we did this week. Well, I think we do, but we'll get there. Yeah. We'll let you know. So have a good whatever you're doing. Bye.